Gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Wingstop. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Coming at you live in the heart of Lincoln, America. I say, hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Jake Bakovin and Enrique Alvarez-Cleary. Happy Tuesday to everybody out there to the Ticketverse. This is the Ticket Water Cooler here on 93.7 The Ticket, and we're brought to you by Wingstop. They have three Lincoln locations, 28th in Superior, 50th in O, and 29th in Pine Lake. Also a new location, in, new location excuse me, in Grand Island, if you're interested in that. Also available on both DoorDash and Uber Eats if you don't want to go out to get your Wingstop. Had some Wingstop the other day. I, it's hard to stay away from that place. It's so good. Oh, yeah. Wingstop is so good. Shout out to Wingstop. <laughs> Chicken wings are are probably my favorite food of all time. So a chicken wang. That's perfect for us. Uh, a little bit of stuff coming out of uh, the press conference, Tuesday's press conference down at Memorial Stadium. We've got Nick Sainert down there, so he should be, be back with some of the audio, and we can certainly run through that throughout the remainder of the day on the station. But uh, for us, we don't have audio. We just have we just have we have quotes we have on quotes the Twitter on the Twitter sphere. Uh, so that's what we're going to be running with to start with, just to get you your news coming out of camp. I, I thought the most interesting thing, and, and one of the things that we talk about often in the off season, that is uh, it, now we know the answer to. The black shirts will be handed out just before or after the plane ride to Ireland. Either way, before the Northwestern game, uh, of course, there's been a debate over the years. Do you wait till they earn it? Do you give it to them and take it away if they if they don't earn it? Uh, how do you like this? Um, this how they're doing it this year before going to Ireland, or do you prefer if it was after the plane rides on I the plane? Honest, I honestly don't. I I could care less when they hand them out. I do care that they do get handed out, and I I love that and. The whole, you know, should it be the starter? Should it just be people that earn it? I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if it should be the entire starting defense or if it should just be people that, that have, you know, played well enough to earn it. But what I do know is that none of us are seeing what's going on in practice. So to say, for anybody not in the program, in the know, to say you can't hand these out until these guys earn it, I do believe that four weeks of of fall camp and whatever they've done before that, you know, spring practice, the spring game, all of the work in between there that they've been putting in. I don't know about you, but that might constitute earning it. Um, So if they want to hand it out before the first game, if they want to hand it out after the first game, if they want to hand it out after the fourth game, whatever, as long as they get handed out, because, you know, it's a very important tradition here in Nebraska. I, I, I don't care when it happens. I care that it does happen. And I, don't really know how I feel about who all earns it, but I do agree with um, if you're not playing up to par, up to snuff, up to how you've shown that you can play, that you should have it taken away. I mean, it's it's happened before. People have had mm-hmm. their black shirts taken away. You can't just, you know, all of a sudden just, all right, you're a black shirt for the entire season no matter what happens. I mean, if you lose your starting spot, like, you can't be a black shirt anymore. I mean, you could be a backup black shirt. I mean, there are there are some that get that, and you've seen it in previous seasons. But if you were a starter and then you get demoted to a to a backup, I mean, I I don't know. I feel like you have to you have to re earn the black shirt. But again, this is coming from me who hasn't played collegiate football, especially not at a Division One level. So these are just words in the wind. <laughs> well, but I mean, it's also I I think that to the 
the argument over black shirts being earned, and, and by the way, I, I get what you're saying, but, you know, the idea when Bo Pelini was here at times was to make them earn them through the game. So, like, mm-hmm. play two to three good games of defense and you get your black shirts. Um, the danger in doing is that is that maybe you never hand them out. There were years where they didn't do well at the beginning of the year, just waited till a midseason game where they played well and then gave it to them. And, um, but ultimately, I love the black shirt tradition more than anything. I think it sets Nebraska apart, especially if you're being recruited as a defender. If we could blow up the black shirt um, uh, tradition even more, I think that we should do it as much as we can. You know, the alternate uniforms. I've always thought that it would be a good idea to kind of have the bone sleeves uh, to, to maybe give out that to somebody. Be, that would be awesome. I don't know if it's – if you can, I don't know if but you can be either, awesome. but I think that would be pretty cool. If you get a black shirt, you can wear the bone sleeves. Um, but in any case, I think we prop it up while saying all of that. You've had five, six straight losing seasons or, or whatever it is. Five straight losing yeah. seasons. Um, it's, and so there's, there's problems all around the program that need to be identified, needs to be fixed. Um, of course you've had bad defenses and, nine, 10 win years or whatever. Um, but it's just, uh, it, it feels like it's, it's, it lost a little bit of its luster, I guess. And especially outside of locally, you know, we still pay attention to it. We still care. But as far as like, am I going to really have an extremely hot take on when the black shirts are handed out for a, a unit that just hasn't, you know, hasn't been dominant. I, you know, that's, that's what the black shirts of old were. It was mm-hmm. like one of the best defenses in the nation, I think that the defense might be the better side of the ball this year. I think that it was the better side of the ball last year. Um, but I don't think that it's necessarily still kind of up to that black shirt par that we that you start really dissecting who's getting a black shirt and who's not. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think there's a lot of guys that you could probably name, you know, seven or eight that you're pretty confident are going to get black shirts, and we'll see who wins the other position battles. But um, – I, I do think that, like you, I think you leave it to a minimum at first, especially now that they've added this defense of um, kind of their base package of having edge rushers and a nickel. Um, you know, it, it's less like, well, we got we got these different packages that mm-hmm. we throw out there. If that's your base defense, that makes a little bit more sense. Um, so I hope they, you know, 11, 12, 13, that's about what I'd start the season with. And well, because, like, I, I understand. Yeah, like, I understand handing it out to the, to the starters on defense because, you know, they, they've earned their starting positions. They're, you know, the, the starting Nebraska defense you think of just the a lot of people outside of Nebraska just think of the entire defense as the black shirts where you know it's it's a specific group of individuals I mean you know back in the 90s the entire defense was that specific group of individuals so it was like that back then but but nowadays you know there's a specific group that play above and beyond and those are the black shirts so I think it could be one of those things where you know you have your starters but then you have you know however many guys maybe it's the entire starting defense maybe it's you know six guys who you as the coaching staff believe have played above and beyond the 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 call of duty to become a starter and those are your black shirts and you as a player look at those guys who have gone above the call of duty to get to where they are and you realize I have to work this much harder to get to where this person is because if everybody worked as hard as you know how whatever person is is a black shirt then this defense could take that next step and if you get to that level then you get that black shirt and i'm you know it it could just i mean it is like a badge of honor so seeing somebody who has worked that much harder than you have and realizing i have to do this to get to that level and then you earn your black shirt could be another thing that that the defensive coaches or you know the coaching staff does i mean but 
I don't know how they're going to hand them out. I, I don't I don't know who's all going to earn it. And, you know, we had a question asking, you know, who do we think is going to earn it? I don't even want to speculate because it's just wild. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, you can kind of speculate on the, the starting roster. We got a little bit more uh, clue on, on some of those things today. But, um, the, excuse me, the depth chart and then starting there. And I also, you know what, I... I I, I, I now that I'm kind of thinking about it, I don't want to downplay the honor that it is to get a black shirt because we've seen these videos in the last couple of years, you know, guys in tears. I mean, it, it means it, a lot. It's a big deal to a lot of these guys, especially if you've been in the program, you've been looking up. I mean, uh, Colton Feist, I mean, if he gets a black shirt, that's a special moment cool, buddy. for a guy that's been working, you know, an in-state guy um, that's been working, maybe never was projected to be in the rotation the way that he is expected to be now. Um, that would be a special moment. Um, so I think that there's, and, you know, even a guy like Luke Reimer, he's had a black shirt before, but, you know, how, how cool is that for a walk-on that, you know, originally a walk-on uh, that... You know, you don't take that stuff for granted. So mm-hmm. I can't wait for the videos. I think as far as like presentation, it might, might be kind of cool to do it in Ireland. I don't think you've ever necessarily handed out black shirts <laughs> in Ireland. Uh, I think black that, shirts in a different country. Yeah, I think that would be kind of cool. Um, I bet you. I bet you. No matter even even if he's earned it, I think he's earned it all three years he's been here. Maybe just the two. Uh, Garrett Nelson. I bet he. I bet he tears up. Like yeah. it means. It means. It's something different to somebody who uh, is as into the program as Garrett Nelson is. I mean, I don't I still don't know if this is true, but I heard during his recruiting, you know, cycle when he was being recruited that he would fall asleep to like highlight videos of the 90s Huskers teams. <laughs> I don't know that's if that's awesome. true, but I heard that. And if that is true, that's wild. Like this it means something different to somebody like that. So no matter how many times he earns a black shirt, I feel like it's still an emotional moment for somebody like that. Yeah, I think it will be. Uh, and, and I and I do. I look forward to the video. Obviously, we all want Nebraska to play up to par. Everybody's got their win projection total ranging from, you know, four to nine. And, um, you know, so it's it's, it's some a, crazy people have 12. <laughs> well, those, yeah, I was talking <laughs> about people, that, you know, within the that aren't just dreaming um, that aren't drowning in Kool-Aid. Yeah. I mean, and, and who knows? College football is crazy. It could happen. Um, I just, you know, it, it's a hard projection. That's hard. That's, that's a hard. Look, man, I don't know about hard that. to believe. You might not have some road. <laughs> you go from glasses. three wins to 12. Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's coach of the decade. But that's, you remember that's... 2012 Notre Dame? I, I mean, they weren't coming off a three and nine season or whatever. But you know, they're just kind of sliding by people. They weren't a great team. Yeah. You don't. You. I mean, yeah. You, you have to give credit to whatever. And by the way, Matt Teo documentary coming out tonight. Mm-hmm. Speaking of 2012 Notre Dame. Um, speaking I, of invisible girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't. And I'm not saying that it wasn't a great team, but it wasn't. Uh, you know, that next level type of team that you you think of an all time type of team even at Notre Dame yeah um, so you know but it's, it's different to go from by. it's different to go from you know sliding by and not being great to being great and and going from a bad team to being great I get that I'm just saying I guess I you know I'm far from me to be the one that projects 12 and 0 don't get me wrong no you know I get you I'm just saying you know this is a, a team that was close I don't think that there's a game on this year's schedule and some people throw out Michigan in our army that'd be difficult. The more other I look people at Michigan, just give Oklahoma a loss. I don't think there's any game. You played both those teams very close last year. Yeah, I think they were maybe better than they were. You know, better last year than they're going to be this year. And I think Nebraska. I mean, the hope is at least that you're moving forward. Again, I'm not projecting it. You got so much change here. Um, a lot of stuff that would have to just 
be the perfect uh, combination of this huge science project that they've got going mm-hmm. on. Um, but I, you know, I don't think that there's a monster on the schedule. You know, it's, I don't think that there are too many in college football. I think Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama. Alabama are on there. If you don't have one of those teams on your schedule, there isn't like a you will lose this game right on the schedule. Game game on this schedule. <laughs> How do game. I say it? There isn't there isn't a you will lose this game situation. Here we go on Nebraska's schedule. Like they have a bunch of games where it's uh, I don't know if you win this, but it's not a oh yeah, just pencil that in, just write that in permanent marker as a loss. Right. It's it's a lot of you know semi permanent marker where you can kind of erase it. <laughs> very good, very. Good. I don't know where I was going with that one. I was gonna say you know pencil, but whatever. Yeah, you know what I meant. Well, and I I think to the the opposite end of that. Don't shake your head. Nick. At this point, there's not a lot of games that you are going to permanent marker wins either. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, not I, there's like two. Yeah, none none of the Big Ten games. I I don't think he can. No, not at this. I point. don't care what anybody says. Northwestern and Rutgers are still Division One teams. Yeah. it's not. You can't permanent marker those. Indiana. Indiana, yeah, that's a, that is also a Division One team. <laughs> that's a Division One team. Um, also, we heard this from practice today too. Isaac Gifford, Chris Kalarovic, and Javin Wright um, would probably have the three different oars if you're starting a nickel right now. So they're trying to figure out their starting group. Um, maybe all those guys get. Maybe all those guys get black shirts. We'll see. Um, but uh, you know, I don't know how I feel about that. I think that that's. Uh, you've got some solid candidates there, but I've been thinking all offseason, as much as 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 we are excited about the new guys coming in, JoJo's tough to replace. A lot of people around the nation are doing this nickel thing. I mean, it's it's a new part of basically football mm-hmm. is to have you know a little bit more positionless football. JoJo wasn't just like kind of good at it; he was like represented as an all American. People really loved. Good at it. And part of that, I think, is because Nebraska was on national TV. You saw him have particularly good games, you know, against Ohio State and Oklahoma and that sort of thing. Um, but I, I think that that's a very underrated feeling position. I don't think Nebraska, and it's it's no far, no part, uh, no problem from Isaac Gifford or Kalarovich or Wright. It's not like I'm saying they're bad football players. I think JoJo's just tough to replace. It that nickel spot is just so many different positions wrapped up into one. Like you, you have to be able to stop the run like a linebacker. You have to be able to cover the pass like a safety. You have to be able to run from sideline to sideline. Like you have to do so many different things. You have to be able to rush the quarterback. So many different things in that one position that JoJo did at a pretty damn high level that finding somebody to just step into that spot and, and be able to replace him is going to be i don't want to say impossible because anything is possible but it's going to be extremely hard so that's why you're going to have that's why you have you know three guys who could possibly play that that nickel spot because maybe they're all all three of them are are you know really good at one aspect of the nickel spot maybe one of them's really good at uh, covering passes one's really good at rushing the passer the other one's really good at stopping the run like the ability to do all of that in one player is is rare and jojo did that at a at a high enough level to see himself as a you know second string on an NFL team granted it's the preseason but still second string as an undrafted free agent uh on an NFL team during the preseason that's how good he did all of that so the ability to find a nickel to replace Jojo Doman is going to be hard and you know you, you have three oars on the on the depth chart more than likely so it's it's going to be really interesting and seeing who they roll out there and how many different 
iterations of of that nickel how many different people slide into that nickel in different situations in a game is going to be really interesting because that might kind of give you an idea of what they believe each person is better at you know if you've got a if you've got a long third third down they bring somebody in to you know rush the passer or 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 cover the pass you're going to be able to see oh they have more faith in this person in this situation they have more faith in this person in this situation i don't know if you're going to see one of those three play the entire game in every situation one well, and how often is the nickel package being used um because as a proposed you know as opposed to like the traditional four three um you know four that you send back there with two safeties in in, in two corners um because if that you know if, if it, it is it, it is it's it's being embraced by football this mm-hmm. altogether the nickel position so it makes more sense but at the same time if you don't have that guy you don't force that guy if you're better in you know the traditional base defense more often than not then maybe you stick to it but uh we'll kind of see how that plays out or maybe you go with the traditional nickel um you know before this position's kind of <laughs> taking it over, the nickel used to mean the third corner. Yep. The dime was the fourth corner. So you could see, you know, a, a cornerback back there. By the way, they also said about they feel comfortable with about four or five safeties. So the nickel position and the safety position, I don't, again. A I, lot of ore. A lot of ores and a lot of. How do you feel about the ore? I, at times it can be good, but I think most often, more often than not, you're looking for a guy to step out of the oar. You're looking for a guy uh, to take command of that position and play his way out of it. And you know what? For as much as we we want to be able to have that separation and see that separation in fall camp and ultimately have to make a decision there, there's some battles where there's like both these guys are pretty solid and mm-hmm. neither one of them stood out. We're going to have to start one. We're going to play the other. So I don't think you necessarily have to like you said kind of earlier, is mark something down in pen or, 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 and maybe the black shirt discussion kind of confuses this topic too because do you hand out all the ores black shirts? Do you mm. hold off any black shirts on these guys? But if somebody, if somebody gets a black shirt and they're listed as an ore, I don't think that's an ore, right? Like that, that person right. is, 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 you know, above whoever they're listed as an ore with if that other person doesn't earn a black shirt. Like that's, that's the only thing that makes sense. And I mean, it, it kind of leads me into this question. I want to hear everybody's thoughts. 402-464-5685, Honda League and Hotline, Starter Heyman, Text Line. The the or discussion, does it make you feel better like thinking you have two or three guys who are capable of taking that starting spot? Or would it make you feel better if you just have that number one? There is no or. It's just that person is a starter, cut and dry. It's this guy. Um does that make you feel better to have one guy or to have multiple people that you believe could step up into that spot? I mean, it's it's because for me, it's I want to have that one guy because having multiple people, you want to say, oh, it's good because that's competition. But at the same time, you know, are they all really that good or is it just that, you know, nobody is you know, as you said, taking that next step to solidify themselves as that number one. Is it just, you know, you have a bunch of eh players and you don't know who you're going to start? Well, I, I to me, it's just me. I just read it as like, you've got to play it out. You got to see how it works. I think the running backs, you have a high chance of having two or three oars in the running back depth chart when we come out and, um, you know, who they start versus who gets the, you know, majority of the carries in the, in the third drive versus the fifth drive mm-hmm. versus the end of the game. Who it's knows? Running back by like. committee thing that people don't like very much. Right. Even but though if, I don't mind it. Again, if you don't have a standout, 
Um, you know, it could still do some damage. You can you could get guys that maybe are rhythm running backs not getting in the rhythm, but um, I, I don't know if you – I just don't think you have to force that. We, we saw throughout the year, and maybe it has hurt Scott Frost over his tenure is not picking a running back right away. Mm-hmm. I think it, Or picking the wrong one, quite frankly, <laughs> yeah. has, has kind of been a problem. But I don't know if Ramirez was ready for that role before he took it. You know what I mean? I think that sometimes you, gets, you just have to let these things play out. You was, feel much better when you have a bona fide returning stud. Don't get me wrong. He was so far down on the depth chart, though. Like, he was. That's just, that's, he was the fifth string running back. And three, four, three games into the season, you're like, you know what? You're going to start now. <laughs> hey, he did pretty well. Yeah. I, can't, I mean, I can't fault him. He did really well for being thrust into that position. Here's a question that we that might be more intriguing than you might think. Will Ramir Johnson finish with more receptions or more carries? Receptions. I think they're you gonna, think so? I think they're going to use him more as like a slot or just like a running back out of the backfield. Yeah. A la, I, I saw somebody, I don't remember it. I believe it was a writer posted something about how Brian Applewhite or Mark Whipple wanted to use him in more of a, like a Brian Westbrook mm. kind of kind of vein. Yeah, nice throwback. Crow Buckhalter still, still should have got more carries in that back. <laughs> I'll, I'll die with that one. Uh, we'll take a quick break here on the Ticket Water Cooler. We'll re- be right back with more Husker Talk on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm ahead of my time. Sometimes years out. So the powers that be won't let me get my ideas out. And that make me want to get.